Welcome to episode 64 of the Rapid Change Matters podcast, a conversation with change worker, life coach, therapist, and proponent of common sense, Alan Witten. My name's Howard Cooper, and for over 14 years now, I've been fascinated with helping people to create personal change quickly. But I still come across many who believe that lasting personal change has to take a long time, consisting of reliving traumas or deep psychological analysis, or simply that flawed notion that understanding why you have a problem will somehow make it go away. I'm on a mission to get people who work therapeutically with others to shift their thinking and realize that these beliefs are not written in stone. Rapid change can happen. So, to help you open up to what's possible, I'm chatting with top therapists and agents of change who are out there getting real results with real people really quickly. Before we get to the interview, I've got big news. Rapid Changeworks is now running live training events, and you can check out the latest events coming up by visiting rapidchange.works, where you can also download a free, quick-to-read PDF on five strategies to amplify your client's response, along with all the information about this episode and episodes still to come. Now, over to the interview. Former British kickboxing champ former English Thai boxing champ and brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, as well as over a decade of experience in helping clients reach goals, get rid of problems and develop themselves. I'm curious to explore all things change with a man who focuses on common sense, mindfulness, humor, as well as the NLP hypnotic and provocative toolkits. He speaks openly about the themes running through his life being personal strength and resilience. And I'm curious to explore how these themes have helped him in his work as a change worker. Welcome to the podcast, Alan Witten. Thank you. That that made me sound like I'm really good, but actually I'm not sure it's quite quite true. I well, hope it I, is. Hope it I, is. Well, it's not. I just use my best radio voice. You know, when people oh, meet me in real nice. life and I talk like this, they're always surprised. Yeah, I've always been uh, cursed with having a slightly voice that's a voice that's slightly too high for my giant cave troll stature. But you know, you got you got to live with whatever you're given, right? I, I love it. Cave, cave troll. How, how how tall are you? I'm about six four. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, it's yep. more I, my appearance, you know, the fact that I'm I appear miserable all of the time, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm smiling on the inside. Well, I, I I'm six four two. I'm just trapped in this five foot seven body. It's uh Oh wow. I know. <laughs> I, see, yeah. I know. There we go. But no, no, I mean often I start these conversations by by saying, you know, let's dive in, give me a, a quick background check about, you know, how you got into doing all this. But um, that, that may come out, but I'm curious to do something different today, um, yeah. uh, uh, rather than giving the whole origin story, which often comes out. Um, I, I, and something caught my eye when I was reading uh, and doing a little bit of research ar- around you, which was uh, the real focus, as I said in the intro, on, on this idea of common sense. Uh, and yeah. I believe that there are a lot of change workers out there who, because they've been told that, you know, hypnosis is the answer or NLP is the answer or that, that sometimes they're just not applying what I would say common sense to yeah. solu- to, to, to problems that are, that come up. And often some problems that come up, you know, could just be dealt without hypnosis, could just be like, well, have you thought about doing X, Y, Z? Yeah. Well, could- I'm remind I'm, I'll, I'll just jump in straight away. I'm reminded yeah, yeah, about, please. you know, Moshe Feldenkrais, you know, this, you know, alleged, a legendary quote, you know, which was he spoke about the elusive obvious. And I think sometimes when you are going down a track, a hypnotic track or an NLP track or this track or that track, 
that's what naturally that's what you're you're effectively you know over oversimplified metaphor you know analogy but you're you're programming yourself to see through that certain lens and so i suppose it's the whole thing about the common sense is a reminder to myself to step out of that lens if i feel like i'm not getting any traction or i'm not i'm not making any progress you know instead of um you know hypnotize them harder or nlp them more any (laughs) stick my nlp in you or any of that crap um it's almost like a reminder to come back and and just look at it with a, just a fresh pair of eyes, a human pair of eyes, as opposed mm. to, uh, you know, something else. Have you got any examples where that's that's kind of happened? People have come because they're expecting, I don't know, to be hypnotized. And, and actually what you have is something that's remarkably straight to the point and just do X, Y, Z. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I remember I remember a, a lady I worked with and years and years ago, and she goes, you won't be able to put me under. And of course, to a lot of to a lot of people that, you know, that do uh, study and practice hypnotherapy, quite often that's that's a sort of a flag that, um, that, that, that they might actually be an excellent, excellent candidate for hypnosis. And, and I remember I thought, well, I'm, t- I'm not going to bother, you know, trying to sort of challenge her and, you know, force, you know, doing, you know, uh, sort of stuff. So. I just sort of bored her to sleep, basically, and she she actually had a very very sort of what I can only imagine and guess was it was a deep session because it was very effective. She, I didn't speak to her for like uh, about a month or so afterwards, and I was thinking, oh my god, you know, usually a client I would have interacted. This is very back in the early days. I'm more uh, more uh, chasing people uh, these days, but mm. and I was almost like I was almost a little bit nervous. I was like, oh it hasn't worked you know nothing to her it's all my fault i've done it wrong and you know she said oh yeah you know i've lost I don't know, something stupid, like three stone or something it was a weight loss thing and mm. i was like, oh my god you know that was amazing um but yeah so um just just sort of remembering that these are just tools these are just tools and that they we should treat them as throwaway things and not you know, that, that's why I sort of stopped referring to myself as a hypnotherapist and a hypnotist. I'm somebody that I certainly use it, uh, hypnosis the same way that you use an LP. Um, mm. You know, the way that, you know, I, I use, you know, elements of provocative therapy and and I certainly use IMT. I, I'll, I'll bleat on, bang on about that loads. But, um, you know, I, I'll, I, I, you know, don't put me in a box, man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how would you say your, your work has changed over the years? I mean, are these kind of this, this, sort of uh, focus on common sense uh, uh, and mindfulness and are these uh, and humor are these aspects that have come in later on as you've gathered experience or have you always kind of been that way inclined uh, I've always been a big fan of common sense um, um, and I think that is something that that sort of runs through me I think my wife might have something to say about that but you know <laughs> yeah about my common sense but but nonetheless yeah so I, 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 I do prize common sense I think it's it's actually more uncommon than we think um but yeah so um i think you know with anything experience experience is is i don't know if it's the best teacher but it's certainly a hell of a teacher and you know so it's allowed me to probably um put finer brush strokes on the work that i do whereas previously it, it, you know initially it was probably a lot more scripted and you know and sort of for, formulaic and you know follow this you know this six-step protocol and i still do follow some of those protocols but i've nuanced them and 
internalize them so I can just do them off off pat, you know. But but there's nothing wrong with doing that, you know, if it works, you know. And and the whole it's just like learning strategy, learning a tool, learning a move, learning a technique. It, it's something that you know you drill it in order to make it um you know to make it second nature. So um so yeah, it probably has become more nuanced over time. I think that's really interesting. And uh, obviously, as I, I kind of uh, had a nod towards in the intro for you, uh, you have a background as a, as a fighter, yeah. uh, as a martial artist. And you talked about, you know, the skills uh, that you learn as a, as, a, as a therapist, as a change worker, that you drill them. And yeah. I, I've spoken about this before on other podcasts. We've got into interesting discussions around the state of training in the change work or therapy world that there are a lot of courses out there that essentially you know aren't drilling the skills what they do is they kind of give you here's one example of it from the stage you go do it and now you're trained now you go and do it with the 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 people and and of course you wouldn't do that in the context of a fight you wouldn't go here's how you do one punch you try it once and now you're ready how is that kind of mindset of drilling the stuff is that come from that kind of way of thinking of, of being the fighter and yeah absolutely because i think i think uh the drilling and also factoring in failure um and and you know n- just you know it's a really big thing especially if you're doing change work to to um you know to deal with failure as a change worker it's like i failed you know i've tried you know because we, we sort of uh, I can I say we that means I obviously um mm-hmm. you know when I was f- sort of first starting out it's like you know I was put, not putting myself on a pedestal but I was put pressuring putting pressure on myself like it's my job to kind of fix this person they've come to me for help and um and so I think we can sort of you know I, I used to certainly put a lot of pressure on myself to to do a certain thing and I but I do really value failure as being part of the learning process because when you let's say let's say we're practicing a hypnotic technique or an nlp technique or whatever technique it could be a physical sports technique whatever you know if you do it five times you get it right five times then all you know is how to get it right but if you do it and you screw it up you get it wrong or you don't get the outcome that you want then 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 it's only then that you're forced like something but something that i did didn't work and then you're forced to re-engineer it to modify it to adapt it and uh, ultimately sort of elevate it into a more efficient sort of practice so yeah that's a big bit and i think part of that howard just to finish um Mm. because i I think i just think i'm a very slow learner you know and i make a lot of mistakes and so um that's kind of like maybe maybe that's me putting an imposition of my myself on, on what I do but you know it, you speak to any martial artist you know it, it'll all be about drilling you know every time mm. where, where do you think that pressure to you know that, that you had to fix people came from I mean is it I, I don't know I, I'm curious is it something I, that was I've, always there um is it something that's always there I, I was, I've always been interested in, in personal development. Um, I remember reading Louise Hay, a Louise Hay book. I can't remember what her classic book was. I remember reading that. Feel, feel the fear and do it anyway. No, it wasn't that. It was, God, you can heal yourself. Oh, no, that was a you different can heal your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, you can heal your life and you can heal yourself. I remember reading that and I was blown away by it. And that was sort of way back, way back. Um, and I always I always uh, held the, 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 the idea that, being able to change 
the mechanism of you know somebody's personality or how people live you know or, or some element within them as being really like magic you know look at the books the structure of magic and all the rest of it so i think there are sort of subtle you know there are subtle points along the way that i thought well, god you know this is you know, this is a big, if somebody's got a problem, and I think it comes from slightly a male thing where, you know, men want to fix problems. That's why, you know, we're all so happy being solution-focused therapists because we want to fix a problem and then we can put our hands on the hips and say, yes, we we did a good thing and we were the protector in the the, uh, the night and stuff. So maybe it comes from that, I don't know, um, you know, which all sort of like, you know, Jungian sort of ar- archetypes, I suppose. Um, mm. But yeah, um, maybe, maybe it's something that is always been there, but you know, I mean, I mean, I still now I think after building a lot of experience, I think I still take it importantly. I still take it, um, you know, it's an important thing. But I've allowed myself a mechanism that I built up over experience over time to say, you know, just let my I know it sounds cheesy, but just let my inner self, my subconscious just open my mouth and just let me just do what I do as opposed to, you know, writing notes and practice, you know, figuring out what I'm going to do in the session. Cause it never works. Never no, works. Yeah. I make these it, session plans. Like this is a masterpiece. I'm going to, I'm going to voodoo this person within whatever amount of minutes. And, and, and it all goes to, to, to hell. Basically. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm giggling cause I'm reminded of going to a meetup group for hypnotists. I think it was years ago. And a guy sort of pulled me aside. We got chatting and he said, don't you hate it, Howard, when you, you spent two and a half hours writing everything out that you're going to say for your next client. And then they walk in and in the first 10 seconds, you realize none of it's relevant. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going, uh, no, I don't really get that. Cause yeah. Uh, and I actually, there was a part of me at the time. And I, I thought that was my failing that like I, I don't spend two and a half hours preparing but the idea yeah. that you could prepare and you don't know what they're going to say <laughs> it's yeah. kind of nuts um I, I i was kind of curious about something uh that you said during the rapid fire round mm-hmm. um because as you know this is the rapid uh change matters podcast and some yeah. people when they hear that you know i'm talking about rapid change matters and i've got a belief that rapid change matters that they sometimes can uh, put me in the category of oh, he's one of those click your fingers, fix them quickly kind of people. Mm. You know, all that change is easy. And I'm not at all. And I've said it so many times to people. For me, um, what I'm railing against is the idea of starting out on a process where we're saying, oh, it's going to be 20 sessions. How do do you know before you've seen them? I'm always open to the possibility that, that change could happen. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's easy. And you said something about um, that, that change doesn't have to be easy as a concept yeah. that you used to believe was true, but you've changed your mind about it. I'd love to explore that a little further with you. And, you know, what's kind of come up for you that, that's led you to kind of do a 180 on that? Well, uh, just dealing with real life clients, I think, you know, um, you know, when, when you're, you're running the three step, <laughs> God, I did this one day <laughs> course and I, and I won't, uh, I won't mention the name of the person, but, uh, like a one day course, you know, that is learn how to you know, create non-smokers and all this crap. Oh my God. And I like had this, I was like, right, I'm armed. I drilled it. I learned, you know, all these tools, uh, did it. And, um, I could see at the end of the session, the person was like, mm, okay, okay. Is that it? Was, uh, really tempted to give the name of the name of the guy. Um, but, um, Anyway, uh, so yeah, it just didn't work, and I was like, no, 
I paid my hundred quid. You know, this is, this is, you know, I was like clicking my heels, but I, I wasn't in Kansas anymore. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's just one example, you know, the, you know, and I remember, <laughs> I remember um, I was talking to a client and, and you know, I think I, I thought I, I thought I was doing uh, a, a deep piece of work. And and, uh, and I remember saying, you know, yeah, and, and what, what's it like now? Yeah, whatever, something like that, you know. And then the guy just said, it's not working. I'm like, ah! you know, so um, I, this is our heart loops me back to the thing about failure. We've got yep. to fail. We've got ourselves, put ourselves out where we're exposed to failure. So we're, we're diffusing the, the, the failure bomb. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm all about that, diffusing that bomb uh, and inoculating ourselves against failure ju- only to the extent that we, uh, that we need to. Not that we stop caring about the outcome, but I believe there's a difference between not caring about the outcome and detaching from the outcome. Uh, and I yep. think that's a very, very critical um, sort of understanding to make. Um, says me, uh, but uh, yeah. you know, so it, so that's that's really that's really what I'd what I'd say about that. You know, I think you just have to make mistakes and, and understand that you're going to screw it up, and that's okay as, as long as you, as long as you go back and you interrogate the data, analyze the data, and look what did you do. You know, look at it from a distance. Get professional help to analyze it if you haven't got a coach or a mentor or whatever and uh, and go through it and and figure out where you went wrong and and re- repurpose that method I, I have to tell you al this is music to my ears uh because i have railed for so long against the uh the 100 percent uh, guaranteed results merchants that are out there and, and i've often you know i mean i often tell my clients the story the true story of when someone came to see me and they look just so downbeat and so depressed and so miserable and i said yeah you're all right and they went well i just i really don't believe i can be helped and i said well you seem pretty certain about that and he said well i am because three weeks ago i saw a, a hypnotherapist who has a 100 percent success rate and they couldn't help me yeah yeah. And that kind of and I sometimes think that what happens is that there are people, you know, who are therapists who are at the top end of the game, uh, ostensibly, according to all their material, who are giving people the message that they get 100 percent success, which is, I, I think, for the more experienced therapist, we take that with a pinch of salt. We go, well, they're just making these claims. But my concern is that you get people who are starting out. And they put themselves under huge pressure to get these 100 percent miracle cures because they've seen, you know, high and mighty trainer who claims that they're getting that. So, so one thing um, I did to rectify this, and I've got the same invite for you in a moment, which was uh, I've done a couple of webinars now. One was called Cringeworthy Conversations. The other one was called Tales of a Change Worker, where I really shared like some of my biggest cock ups, the biggest yeah. therapeutic moments where I looked back and went. You know what? I got there in the end, you know, eventually. But I look back and I have moments therapeutically where I just have my head in my hands going, what was I doing? Because yeah. I think it's OK and it's a good message to get out there. So uh, have you got any cringeworthy conversation stories of times where you look back at, you know, the way you operated, however long ago it was and, and, and gone, oh, what was I doing? Well, I mean, uh, you know, speaking, you know, flipping back to what I said about, about earlier about being so far down that track. And a lot of the, I have it definitely got experience of that. And But thank God it seemed to happen sort of earlier on in, in my sort of career, um, mm. you know, where I've been, you know, banging a certain, you know, drum and, you know, been forcing hypnosis or NLP or whatever it was down the person's neck. And I thought I'd actually done a good job. And, 
you know, or maybe they're just a resistant client, but I'll do it a bit more or I'll do a bit something slightly different. And, uh, you know, I remember just at the end of a session where I, I was I was friends with a chap. Um, he was a lovely man, really. Jonathan, lovely boy was. Uh, and um, and he brought his wife to me and it's like, oh, you know, could you work with me? And he it was really weird. She wanted him to sit on the session. Um, and, I, and I was too stupid to realize that. And that was just there was a weird dynamic there because she was by no stretch of the imagination um, a, uh, a, a a little Mrs. Mouse. You know, she wasn't shy and retiring. I realized that, you know, he, he was, you know, by, you know, to use a common word that's banded around. He was he was he's a bit of a sort of, uh, sort of really he was really as cowed by her, I suppose, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, she was quite a dominant person. So anyway, I didn't know this at the time. You know, it's only in retrospect. So I did this work and I thought it was OK and I thought it was good. And I said, so so what's. Uh, so, you know, end of the session, you know, what are you going to do now? You know, because I want people to, and this is something that, uh, that I nicked from, uh, I think it was nicked it from James Tripp, you know, the idea of you're putting the owner, I put the owners back on the client. So like, what are you going to do now? You know, um, you know, and they're like, well, I think it's disgusting. It's been a waste of time. I came in for, for such and such a thing. And I think she came, that's it. She, she came for hypnosis or something. And the session just clearly did not lend itself to hypnosis given my amount of experience and given the the best decisions that I took in that session um you know and I've always said you know I I used to say rather you know I'm hypnotherapist but I use whatever is appropriate if I don't think it's going to work or I'll do a couple of little tests and if you don't respond well then I'm not going to not going to like a flog a dead horse in any way so she went off it and it was very awkward she was very rude and the, mm-hmm. this poor sort of cowed guy was had his head completely dropped looking looking at the floor. And I was like, uh, okay, right, all right then. Um, K bye. Um, so you know, other times I've I've kicked clients out, and uh, you know, not not you know nothing as shocking as you know someone like Andy Austin or or, or Jorgen or someone like that going from there. The tales that I've read about him, but but yeah, so I think you know you're going to come across. Uh, people who are, are oh you've got real challenging sort of uh, behaviors and um and and yeah we we can only do what we can do and, and experience is a great teacher as i said before you know i, I mean uh, when i when i first started out i felt an, a similar thing to you which you've mentioned which was this this pressure to fix everybody and i think that pressure really doesn't help get the result or, or help yeah. anyone um, but also the pressure that the people put under themselves yeah to get the results you know i, I don't know about yeah. you but i uh, i find people that come in with the the sort of i'm desperate for this to work and this has mm. to work and you're mm. my last hope um mm. one of my first moves is to alleviate pressure what's your take on that do, do you find that people coming in going this has to work actually it's beneficial the expectation of is a good thing or actually it's counterproductive I, th- I think I think it varies from person to person. I've just done a. It's taken me bloody ages to do this blog post about consistency. And one mm. of the things I talk about in the in the in the post is is that uh, most people, you know, you know, you know, one of the things I say is about you know stop putting pressure on yourself. But the caveat being, unless you're that guy that that um, responds well to pressure, uh, it or or rather that specific type of pressure, whatever it is, some people do. Um, and so I think it varies from person to person. I think experience is something that, 
you know um that you, that you build up and you figure out you know whether whether that somebody is going to be you know respond respond one way or the other but the other thing is also you know like, like you just said you know just just people say i've tried everything really so have you tried x y and z no then you haven't tried any everything so you know it's and and i think you know it sounds like you know what what you did was what i've done something similar where you're breaking that visual that visualization you're breaking that generalization right off the bat i've mm. tried everything no you haven't because i guarantee if i held a gun to your head you know metaphorically speaking if i held a gun to your head and i told you to stop doing x you would do it or you know like whatever you know hold hold your bunny rabbit to ransom or so i wouldn't do that i'm a vegan but um but you know i mean just it's just so you i think you have to break that realization and uh and i think it's it's really hard because to anyone listening to the podcast like oh hopefully getting some decent answers and it's like well you know it, it's it, there's no one absolute rule for everything you know you just have to take people as you find them and try and do your best and that's that's all you can do and just uh, and just um and if and if you if you if it if it doesn't work do something else you know think of these these methodologies that we use only as tools in your hand that you can let let go of and pick up something else you know i, I- I agree, and I'd like to point out to uh, to the listeners at this moment that uh, you quite openly admit to uh, threatening your clients with a gun, but you won't hurt a bunny. You heard it here yes. first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, t- tell me, um, the what sort of clients do you enjoy working with the most? What gives you the biggest kind of kick? Um. I think the biggest kick is, is, you know, usually when you are working with a client and they've got low expectations or no expectations and they, they, they receive some change, you know, they make changes for themselves. And, uh, you know, when you speak to them, you know, after the session, after three sessions, however many sessions you're, and, and then they, they've had a breakthrough moment and then you get a text out of the blue or you, you have a regular scheduled support call, which is something that I do on a weekly basis with my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At the very least, uh, I might add. Um, and you know they say oh you know you, like so quite often not hearing from people can it mean one of two things either that they're doing really well or they're just doing terribly and I had a, had a conversation like this this morning with a with a chap who who is he he was uh, in a very um very fragile state and um and, and I hadn't heard anything from him all week uh and then eventually I got a a thing pop up this morning on whatsapp saying oh, i'm doing really well i'm so busy i'm having a great time thanks for all your help and i'm like oh my god thanks you know you're not dead that's great um yeah so 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 yeah um yeah well i think the feedback thing and and so how long do you keep support calls going for as long as they need as long as they need and as long as they want i don't put i, I you know i i just say you've got unlimited support so you know i have clients that ring me a year after I've worked with them and saying, Oh, something else has cropped up. Yeah, of course, you know, of course I can deal with it. And if they, you know, it's, I want them to know that they, they have got support as when, and if that they need it, that it's not just like, ding, okay, the time's running now, you know, the meter's running. Ding, okay. Sorry. We didn't get to deal with that. We'll do it in the next session. Sometimes, sometimes, um, you know, uh, 
if I think that we're about to lead on to something else, then I'll park that and, and save something else for the next session. But if it, I'm in the middle of something, I'm not going to cut the session short. And I certainly wouldn't leave somebody, you know, stranded um, out in the out in the world where they're trying to formulate and integrate these new ways of thinking without sort of support. Because quite often what happens, as you know, is that they, they leave all shiny and gold and then they go back into their family who treat them like shit or, 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 or are unsupportive or they're, network maybe at work or whatever is it you know so uh, you know i'm trying to sort of say look hey remember the stuff we did we drilled this we drilled messing up and what did we say you know we, so it's just a bit of extra support that they can go on for as long as it's needed be it's, it's really cool that you do that and and of, certainly as far as i'm concerned certainly makes you stand out you know in terms of an aftercare process uh, that's going to really help to to get people to feel supported. Um, I, I don't want this conversation to end without paying attention to something that's fairly current at the moment, uh, because uh, as we record this, it's currently middle of June 2020, and um, we we have had Corona Geddon um, among us for the last you know 12, 13 weeks. Lots of people are living yeah. in lockdown. Uh, lockdown restrictions are now, uh, as you know, beginning to be lifted and some people are having some strange responses to that how has um the world of therapeutic change from your perspective been uh, changed or been affected by corona and all of these uh, world events well it went really quiet for me and i was like it's quiet too quiet and um and it really was too quiet and then i had a, i had a phone call from somebody saying your email isn't working and i'm like Aah! you know so uh, <laughs> it's just like at the worst possible time i was like oh you know everyone's you know, bedding down and drinking their, you know, their plastic bottles of water and you know, hiding under the the duvet like I was. But um, but yeah, my email failed. So so I had a I had a I had a spat of time where I had very little work going on, very seeing very few little clients. And and then it sort of picked up and it's it's sort of normalising again now. Um, I have you know for the last you know couple of months, I think I was you know I was working exclusively over. Over Skype, Zoom, WhatsApp, you know, you name it. Um, now I'm I'm seeing live clients again, which I much prefer. I much prefer um, to, to the dead ones. I do prefer. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just you know they they start to smell. They start to smell. <laughs> this is the problem. So you know. Yeah. yeah, but I suppose if you you know if you have Corona, then you lose your sense of smell. So that could help. Maybe I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, seeing you know people coming through the door and you know saying you know the the two meters away and, and all the rest of it and you know sanitizing and stuff it's working out fine it does feel weird having my chair so much further away from them but it's fine you know and i don't i'm not saying that i only see people one-to-one -one. a lot of people are still working with over over uh, skype and whatsapp and stuff that's absolutely their choice but you know it's it's uh it's nice to be able to offer them that choice again if they do want to do face-to-face -face stuff I, I, yeah, I, I know it's it's really fascinating. I'm talking to a number of people, uh, certainly uh, like yourself and and around the uh, the industry, who have all been affected in similar ways. And you know, we've all kind of reported. I mean, you've got an excuse, which is your emails were down, but we've all kind of seen a strangely enough a, a massive kind of holding back on getting help. Which I, I was thinking about this because it's strange. This is a time where I've seen more anxiety globally about something than any other time in my history certainly and yet fewer people are getting help have you got any theories as to, to what's been yeah. going on there or why that is 
Yeah, I think, well, there's a couple of, I think, well, I, I've got a couple of theories. Yeah, they're, they're just theories. Number one is the fact that the um, I think people are still in conservation mode uh, as far as money goes. So they don't want to be spending out on getting fancy therapy, you know, that, that they're desperate to receive, you know, getting fancy therapy. Um, and also uh, there's the, there's the, I suppose, what, what would you call it? You'd, you'd call it, they're still actually going through the problem. You know, it's still a current problem. You know, quite often, you know, anxiety uh, sufferers are because of some, you know, some some reference experience. And I think that usually takes a little time to process. I don't often see people that have got anxiety about something that happened last week. It's usually, oh, you know, something that happened to them when they were seven or 10 or 30 or whatever, you know, mm. so a significant time before. So I think the fact that these things are still in process. But I, I, I would have thought that given the next maybe five to 10 years, I think we'll, we'll still be clients that have had some sort of uh, negative experiences as a result of what we're going through. Um, but I just, I think that, um, you know, there's certainly the financial issues, but also the fact that they're still, they're still mid problem. They're still right, right in the middle of uh, some of some of those issues that they're, they're dealing with or they've just got a lot more resilient that's another mm. thing you know maybe they've been for you know you know was it necessity is the mother of all whatever and um and i think they might have just uh got a hell of a bunch more resilient in given the fact that they've had to i don't know but uh yeah i, I think we'll see i think we will see things in the future where i mean there's a million and one reasons for you to be anxious you know um so uh so why aren't you calling but uh you know so <laughs> yeah man you know just I, I i think we will see it but it's just mm. it's just every day you know you turn on the tv or you look at your internet or whatever it is it's just the world gets crazier it's just yeah. just yeah we're we're up on that you know that 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 high point of that curve where things are just getting nuttier and nuttier yeah, I, I, I think I just I'm getting to a point where nothing would surprise me. Yeah. You know, you turn on the TV and, you know, oh, I'm afraid aliens have landed and they've got a tractor beam and that they, they can turn you all into pieces of Kentucky fried chicken. And I just go, yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I, I remember just before we went into lockdown, um, I have a I have a little office where I see people and it's part of a big shared office complex. Uh, and there's a big sort of communal reception area. And I'd yeah. seen someone two weeks earlier before lockdown started for OCD. And the way yeah. it manifested itself was shaking hands. That was like the worst bit where he, he wouldn't shake someone's hand. Amazing. And then two weeks later, he's coming for his second session. And of course, the first session, I went out to greet him and he wouldn't touch me, wouldn't shake his hand. Sure. And what, what, what he didn't know is when I came for the second, when he came for the second session, we just had an email round from the uh, the offices saying, because of Corona, we strongly recommend nobody shakes each other's hands when you greet people in the reception area. So, so of course I walk down and, you know, the first thing he does is he puts his hand out to me. Nice to yeah. see you, Howard. And I go, no, I'm not shaking it. Interesting. What did that, what did he make of that? It was really, it was just a fight. I mean, he thought it was funny that, that, that he just, yeah. it was this total kind of 180 between the relationship yeah. that you know the first week it'd been uh, you know i'm putting my hand out and he's going no 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 and the second week the second time it was me doing the same to him and uh, Do you know that that humor might have helped blow it out a little bit i reckon 
Well, it, I, I, there, there was definitely, it was a very funny moment and he did giggle, yeah. you know, because yeah. we knew what was going on and it was that, oh, you know, this is uh, the irony of seeing someone who's phobic of shaking your hands on the day that you told you're not allowed to shake their hand. Um, it, it was you just, infected me. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, yeah so so that, that was kind of fun. Um, tell me, because you mentioned earlier that, that um, the theme of identity comes up. What did you uh, quite a lot in your work, and, and what did you mean by that? Whereabouts? Yeah, so uh, basically, it's it's just the um, the three words that are like uh, sort of sacrosanct. I hope that's the right word. That are, that, are, that are key and pivotal and core, and every other word that means that um, in my work is uh, you know these these ideas of be do get. And, you know, thinking, well, you know, you you come into the room want, wanting an outcome. If you don't know what the outcome is that you want, then don't bother coming into the room. You need to know what the outcome is or, well, you know, I can help people sift through. But, you know, you don't want too much imposition of, of myself, what I want for you to be to be what you want, because uh, it might not be authentic. But um, so it's the idea of rather than um, rather than trying to. Um, you know, get stuff that that is gonna that is then gonna help you then uh, do the behaviours of of that the person does, and then ultimately then you'll reach the attainment and be the person who you wanted to be. I I like to approach it from the other way, which is like, well, let's think about, let's map out, explore, and model uh, the identity of the person who who has these skills. You know, it's basic stuff really, uh, and 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 get that to be almost like. Um, like a set of blueprints, like a like like a like a roadmap, but something that they have, like an internal reference that they can to to refer to, so that when they're in any given situation, whether it is you know problematic or, or, or whatever, you know, well, you know, what would what would that you know that evolved person of you do? What would that 2.0 version of you do? How would they respond? Well, try doing that. You know, so I want people I'm, I'm really interested because in, I just think it's easier. I think it's easy if you if you work at the identity level. I think that that sort of ripples down into, well, you know, because if somebody's being that sort of person, if you're being that sort of person, that person does those behaviors because they're that kind of guy, because they're that kind of girl, because that's just natural and normal, because that's who they are rather than, you know, trying to do it going upwards why you know you have to really work hard and just working at the behavioral level um but it just seems to be a more um i think it makes for easier work it makes for more interesting work as well and i think it makes for more more lasting lasting work that's my experience so i mean i'm sold on the idea so i'm gonna you mm. know find plenty of evidence for it yeah well no i i, I certainly agree and that's something that's transitioned for me personally as well which is it's I was very kind of treating the surface issues I, mm. I, I suspect when I first started they come in you know uh you know with uh I don't know I'm struggling to sleep and it's like well yeah. you know just just uh just, just here's a technique to slow down your internal voice and now you can go to sleep or yeah I, I think there's more I think you can go a little bit deeper and have some more pervasive change by looking yeah. a little, uh, you know, deeper. And I, I always loathe to say deeper because I'm not sure that I even buy into sort of depth as this, yeah. you know, thing. But, but but people know what I mean by it. Yes, um, of course, yeah. 
Now, now you you mentioned that obviously we talked about sort of some cringeworthy moments. So I, it wouldn't be fair if I didn't give you the opportunity to also. Um, can you share with us a story of someone uh, that came in? They were really struggling. They had whatever issue it was, and pretty swiftly, even to your own amazement, just incredible changes, transformation, because change can happen quickly. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, there's 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 lots of uh, sort of I suppose more therapeutic type things, but but they are. Um, there's there's something that, that there's there's a there's a certain athlete who's a very well, well known in the um in the combat world and um i did some work when we we did uh we, it was performance uh work we were doing uh, and we kind of you know like you're saying about deep great on me the idea of we installed you know a trigger <laughs> you know but basically we we had we created and had uh the uh the the guy practice you know uh, a state performance uh state performance trigger and um you know and i i drill it 7 15 21 times so i want it to be you know and i and then i get them to do homework and then you know that's kind of you know like i'm not going to work with you unless you've bloody done the things that we've decided to do because otherwise what's the point right it's because that's one of the things that's going to get you a so um so this chap was having a, a european um a European um, uh, uh, competition for his European Championship, and uh, he was supposed to be on a. Um, oh, and he, he had a minor issue where he'd technically broken his back. <laughs> well, it didn't, it not, it's not, <laughs> but there was technically the part of his spine wasn't working great, so he, <laughs> so he was in some pain. But technically, I think technically he, his back was in some way broken um so um but he was you know is this is very high level competition and um he was supposed to fight at say 10 o'clock and of course that happens at 99 percent of all you know sort of like uh combat events the the time the the timing just goes and i think he wasn't fighting till um didn't start fighting till like i don't know maybe six o'clock so he was sitting around for hours and his back was aching and he got, you know lost his kind of like impetus and stuff and what he found was that he used the state performance trigger and he was just and, and i've seen the footage it's just annihilating you know within like 10 seconds 20 seconds just annihilating people um because it just got him out of that lethargic kind of state and um you know like he's in pain and it it, it allowed him to you know for want of a better phrase you know channel this you know this this other you know identity that we'd sort of worked on and sort of bring that that version of himself forth and um yeah he just he got the european title that day for a following week fought in another european competition and won that so he he got you know double european uh titles within within a week so that was that was really good um and i think it is you know just it can work, you know, the stuff that we're doing, it can work. And sometimes it can work, you know, like terribly effectively, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I, 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 yeah. And it's great to hear those sorts of tales as well, because, you know, sometimes, you know, it's nice to have a reminder, um, especially after all these years that, you know, sometimes people can just something just flips a switch in their brain. Yeah. Just seems different and their perception is changed and it's, it's that simple um not always but but it's great when it happens that way i mean there's there's two other tiny little stories and i'll make them as quick mm. as i possibly can one was yeah. uh, uh 
uh, when my son was growing with a little baby and stuff and you know he had this thing about the soap going in his eyes and I remember he used to sort of hypnotize him as a kid <laughs> as a bit of fun and you know I sort of remember hypnotizing him and you know as he was falling asleep saying about oh how um you know this this prince was so he was so brave that this soap was getting going in his eyes and he and he didn't he wasn't afraid of it and he was brilliant and all that and you know, lo and behold, you know, sort of bathing by Sunday, you know, the next day or the next week, whatever it was. And he was like, he was actually rubbing soap in his eyes. I was saying, look, dad, look, it's fine. I'm like, oh my God, I hypnotized him too much, you know, but um, <laughs> so that was, so, you know, it, 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 it's only a child, but, but, you know, it's, that was, that was fun. And the other time was when my daughter was born and I hypnotized a crow, which was pretty awesome. Um, there was this, uh, we went into the ward and uh, the nurse said, don't know. I said, God, it's so hot in here. No, don't open the windows. There's an aggressive crow that's trying to get in and attack people. And I'm like, I'm having some of this. So I went outside and I did it, did some rapport skills, you know, with the crow. And then I uh, uh, started changing my tonality and stuff like that. And then before you knew it, I was stroking the crow and um, we had this kind of amazing moment. And then I said, okay, crow, I've got to go now. And I went up to stand up to go back. Uh, back in to see my wife who'd just given birth to my daughter and mm-hmm. um there was this great flapping of wings and I'm like, oh my god I'm getting attacked and the crow came and landed on my shoulder and, Amazing. Uh, and I've got photographic evidence which I will send you and I remember you do. I'd love to off- stick that on the uh, the podcast episode I will. So scroll I, down I and see I, t- I tapped on the uh I tapped on the window and my, my wife my poor wife who'd just given birth and I was like I made the mime symbol for taking a photo and she was like okay so she got the camera and took a photo of me with this crow uh, on my shoulder. And uh, so, yeah, change is possible. can happen, folks. You heard it first. Is there, is there a big market for crow change? I mean, you know, you've... Uh, Chronosis, you've yeah. Crow, it's it's, it's my niche. Chrono- yeah. Chronosis is my, is my niche. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. With the tagline, don't get in a flap or, or, or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. There you go. Or you'll be yeah. cursed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Al, tell me, if people are listening to this and are thinking, look, he sounds great and I'd love to find out more, where can they go? How can they get in touch? Um, alanwhitton.co.uk, um, A-L-A-N-W-H-I-T-T-O-N.co.uk. That's where I do most of the stuff. I've still got a couple of old legacy websites floating around, but that's that's my main website now. So, Fantastic. And, um, yeah. uh, underneath. And um I often ask, it's a final question, and there's no pressure, by the way, but sometimes when I do this, and we are on episode 63, I believe it is now, mm-hmm. yep. uh, that people come out with their best stuff at this moment in time, which is, is there anything that you'd like to say about change or information or advice, that or thoughts you'd like to share that, that I just haven't asked you directly? Um, about change that it's possible and sometimes if if, if i'm speaking uh, to therapists or, or change workers that if the person changes it's not necessarily it doesn't change it's not necessarily your fault and if they do change it's not necessarily because of you but that said you go and you give your best shot and um use all the the tools that you have got in the best way that you can and if they don't work try something else fantastic fantastic listen it's been such a pleasure to to finally 
get you on. Mm. People won't know this, but I've been slightly stalking you every so often. You pop up on various unconnected forums to the hypnosis world that I just happen to be on. And I keep going, should we do the podcast? Should we do the podcast? So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Al, for finally coming on my podcast. And thank you for sharing. Thank you. I hope people have enjoyed it. And uh, let's keep in touch. Yeah. And and, and I just as a final thing, I think, you know, people should really be grateful to you for for doing this because you've put such a lot of absolutely uh fantastic information out there if people can be asked to listen to it you know they'll they'll really get into the minds of people and get stuff that can make you know tangible differences to the way that they live and the way they work so thank you for doing that i think that's brilliant that you're doing that thank you really appreciate you saying that I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, why not share it with anyone you think might be interested, and even head over to iTunes to give us a glowing review. You'll find more about what's coming up on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rapidchangematters hyphen podcast, and of course, you'll find all the links related to this episode, plus those upcoming live events that will help you hone those change work skills.